Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reckless speculation from the TCL broadcast studios. You're listening to Mackie and Judd, TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Wiggins came in there though and knocked him off. Andrew let it fly at the buzzer. We got so much love for each other, you know, we just kept trying to tell each other, you know, we're going to grind ourselves back into this game, and when we did it, it was just coming back to the huddles every single time about, you know, don't let them score, don't don't let anyone score, if they're going to make a bucket, make them have to make something that's tremendously hard, so we did a great job in those minutes of just making everything very difficult, uh, realizing the things and the mistakes we've made throughout the game and capitalizing on them in the fourth. The third straight turnover by Minnesota. Paul, Robert Covington comes in, says, give me that basketball. We already knew what you know our, our game plan was that you know we had to fix, you know, before we even came in. We was talking about it. You know, they got a lot of, you know, transition threes, they had more, you know, rebounds than us, and also Capella was having you know, too good of a game and we had to shut that down. He was running, you know, they was finding him in transition. So, you know, we talked about that and then you know our coverages and everything, we it was a lot better in the second half. Another excellent contest by Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins off the cross-court feed from Covington, drills the triple, and Mike D'Antoni needs a timeout. Oh, trust me, yes, he talked to all of us like he was back. He was, you know, I felt like I was playing a hundred and prep with Jersey off for today because <laughs> the way he was talking, he felt very uh, energized, felt very confident. I don't know what he had for breakfast, if it was Wheaties, Cheerios, or whatever the case may be, but he needs to keep eating that. I mean, when he's talking like that, it's not even about doing it, it's just talking like that. You could sense the confidence it was you know, it was coming off of him and throughout shoot around you just felt like he he was on a mission today and you know, we were just riding the wave with him and I think we all know him here when Andrew's playing at a high level like that and we're we're very, very hard to beat, so kudos to him. Gordon attacking Wiggins. Andrew gets a hand on it. Get that shot out of here. It makes us that much more lethal, and like you said, he was in, he was engaged, you know, heavily on defense, you know, tonight, and that's what allowed us to, you know, really have that extra edge. You know, he was truly engaged, and like you said, everyone was holding each other accountable. We was talking about things, you know, without having to deal with the co- with, with coach and everything, telling us, you know, that's the growth of what can be great about this team. You know, realizing stuff on our own without having. Hey, Wiggins came in there though and knocked him off. Andrew let it fly at the buzzer. Did the Timberwolves need that? All right, TCL Broadcast Studios, that was um, a bunch of highlights from the Wolves. Very impressive comeback over the Rockets last night at Target Center. Danny Cunningham was there, and I got a simple question for you. 
Who is this team? Who is this masked team that, I mean, we saw, now the Rockets aren't the Rockets that they were a year ago, but we saw this team come in in the playoffs and destroy these guys. We saw the Rockets in the first half last night look absolutely fantastic at times. And then, did I see this right? The Wolves went into the locker room at halftime, and pre-Tibbs even walking in, basically Towns and Covington and that group said, this is a bunch of BS, it stops right now, and they did it. This is, this is dare I say it, actually impressive. There's accountability on this roster. What, what the hell? There is real, live accountability, and I wasn't here going prior on? to this team being assembled, but I have to assume it wasn't like this. No, it was not like this. There is actual 100% accountability in that locker room amongst those guys, and it is incredible. They had six bad quarters. The four quarters against Boston were not good, and the first half against Houston was not good. But something was said in that locker room at halftime that flipped a switch, and man, were they good in that second half. Hot take coming here. This is, seriously, this is probably the best defense that this franchise this team has played since Kevin Garnett was here the first time around. That's not that spicy. I mean, this is Oh, that sounds too pathetic at, at, at the end. Wait, wait. Here. Timberwolves positive. All right. Now, continue the hot take. <laughs> now we're talking. I was looking for the right sound for the hot take. No, but this is this is seriously like some of the best defense I've ever seen this franchise play. Now, that you can take that one way or the other that I think that speaks to the history of the franchise that we really have not seen great defense at all since you know the early 2000s when KG was in his prime but this is this is good defense and this is legit defense that we've we have not seen from this team in quite a long time it's it's been incredible is Robert Covington the best perimeter defender in the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves yeah <laughs> The man's been, and he's here, been for here for three, three weeks. weeks. Okay, can, yeah. Can you guys explain to me too? Because I I have rarely seen this as a strategy. I've seen it work at times, but this is part of Covington's strategy: the ability to not just block a shot but force a jump ball. Mm-hmm. That whole thing he's got, and I, I he guess did it twice last night. And they they were saying on on the FSN uh, telecast that he's he works with lights somehow to get his timing right. For that, that, that he's got some elaborate system, but to do that to Capella last night, that's a really, really impressive play. He said he baited Clint into that. I don't, I don't know how you can bait someone. But into how do you not foul like him? Yes, and he oh, does it. Oh, that was mm-hmm. for my money. That might be the most impressive defensive play of the first two months of the NBA season. Wow. I have not seen one that's been more impressive so far this year. I don't know if you have Manny, Mm-mm. but that was remarkable. The I way mean, he he came which, from behind. Which one? Because he had the one the, where he reached on, in and grabbed it. Capella's dunk attempt where yeah. he went up and just snatched and just the ball snatched out of his hands yeah. at the rim. It but was he also, incredible. But he also had another play, I think, was it on, I think against Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Where, where he, he forced another tie-up. Yeah, where he just basically reached his hand in there and grabbed a hold, a hold of the ball as Chris Paul's trying to drive into the basket and cause a jump ball. Yes. He, he just unbelievable. At, he just looks at these guys and goes... This is mine now. This is my ball. I know, but mm-hmm. when, when... And doesn't foul ever. And if you go back and look at it... That's the point. It's not as if he's fouling and not getting called. The man doesn't touch these guys. No. Like, it, it is all ball every time. The Chris Paul play was a really nice play. 
But when Capella's going up for mm-hmm. that shot and he times it right to grab perfectly. at the basketball perfectly, yep. and those officials last night were dying to call fouls. Mm-hmm. Like, that was not a let-them-play game. No. They were, in But there fact, was nowhere to call a foul on that. No, that's, but that's what's so impressive is if the guy has the ball and you grab it and make a nice play, kudos to you. But if the guy's going up and you've got an officiating crew that's absolutely whistle-happy and you still don't foul that guy... And thin-skinned. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, the Jeff, what did Jeff T. get a technical for? They, no one in that locker room knows. We, um, Tyus and Taj said that Jeff said nothing. They said that he didn't say anything. Maybe the motion he made after he got fouled. Yep. But it happened on the end of the floor that the media sits at. And I still have no idea what he did to deserve a whistle there. I mean, not a clue. There, looked, were, there were three texts right. in the first half, right? Cat got one. Cove got one. And Covington Teague. got one. Teague got one. Uh, Taj got one in the second half, didn't he? Uh, defense of three seconds. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's a T, but, but Covington it's not said like something. Sure. Okay. Co- Covington took a charge. And said something and got teed up, so I got that. So I didn't Kat see said that one. something, and I, I, I got w- that. I was, uh, I didn't see the Covington one. I was in the hallway, part of an awkward conversation we'll get to. Oh. Um, so I didn't mm-hmm. see the Covington. That took place during the game, that conversation? Uh-huh. All right, we yeah. will get to, to that. We'll get to that one. Do you guys believe in, in the, Man, it was something. In the yeah. basketball statistic of plus minus? I, th- I was actually having a conversation can I give about you this? this at practice. Um, so for plus minus... It can be a good supplemental fact for arguments, but it, it cannot be the be-all, end-all. Okay. Right. But first half last night, Covington minus 19, Gibson minus 3, Towns minus 6, Wiggy minus 4, Teague minus 8. Nobody who played was a plus. Uh, Derek Rose was a minus 3, and I, I think that was the best. In the second half, your starters. Covington went to plus 16, Gibson went to plus 13, Towns went from a minus 6 to a plus 23, Wiggy went from a minus four to a plus 20, and Teague went from a minus eight to a plus 18. Now, this stat might be useless a lot of times, but to me, when you have a first half that's that bad and a second half that that's good, that does at least tell a story. It does. And I think for the Covington aspect of it, a lot of it was that second quarter went really poorly for them, and that's the quarter where he plays all 12 minutes for the most part, so that's why his number was bad in the first half. But that second half, your numbers are going to be great anytime you hold a team to 29 points and a half. The Houston Rockets came into Target Center last spring, scored 50 points in a quarter. I was there for it. Game in the four. fourth quarter last night, they a- scored nine points. Do you know what astounded me? The Houston Rockets got so desperate last night, they started taking some twos. <laughs> <laughs> because they were yeah. in game four... The, the game that you're referencing in which they scored 50 points in the third quarter incredible. last year, the Houston Rockets started that game, as I recall, ice cold. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted at one point. It was why like a two-point game at halftime. Yeah, so I tweeted at one point, why don't they just start taking some twos to make shots? And I immediately got back, you're a moron, you're an idiot, and they'll show you why. And the fans were right. But last night, they started taking twos. And, I, and that's the point I said, they're dead. Well, that was... In some ways, why they ended up losing Game Seven to the Warriors. I mean, it, they obviously the the big elephant in that room was they missed twenty seven straight threes. But and their second best player blew out his hamstring. Right. Well, well, that that's the point I was getting to because Chris Paul is so good in the mid range game that he would have been able to if he was in that game he would have been able to knock down some two point shots when the three pointers weren't falling for them and that's what ended up costing them in that game I by actually, not having him. I actually remember watching Game Four. 
from my apartment back in Wisconsin when I was living there. And after that 50-point quarter, I tweeted out, there, no one in the NBA is beating the Rockets four times in seven games. No one. <laughs> and I would have been right had Chris Paul not blown out his hamstring. Probably true. Mm-hmm. I, they were winning the title if Chris Paul's hamstring doesn't, dis- doesn't just disintegrate into his leg. And then there's this guy. Another excellent contest by Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins off the cross-court feed from Covington, drills the triple, and Mike D'Antoni needs a timeout. All right, Danny Cunningham, 16 points, 6 for 11 from the field last night, four boards, three blocks, excellent defense. What are we to make of Andrew Wiggins after what we saw last night on the roller coaster of Andrew Wiggins? So it's not a high bar, but that was the best game of his season. And I don't think it's particularly close. I know the 16 points isn't anything to write home about. Yep. Especially for him, who's a guy that but, has shown he can score. But it's what we all now want, right? Yes. Like, but, if you're not going to get the superstar, just give us this type of game on a nightly basis, right? Give us that energy on yep. a nightly basis. Because that's mm-hmm. it. So, I'm a firm believer in that you make your own luck type of thing. Like, the, the harder you work or the more energy you have, the luckier you're going to get. If he just has that type of energy, he's going to naturally be a little bit better of a player than he has been. He needs to continuously have that energy night in and night out, and that shouldn't be something that's difficult to replicate. You're gonna have, you're going to have and, bad shooting nights. And play and defense, he, yes, absolutely, yes. I think we can yes. all agree Robert Covington is probably the most energetic player on this roster right now, right? Mm-hmm. He had a one for eighteen night from the floor. It's going to happen. You're going to shoot poorly some days. He right? did, and it didn't bother him. Yes, that and to me is the most that's important the factor thing. here. Wiggins needs to be able to bottle this up and bring it tomorrow night. And then bottle that up and bring it Saturday night and bottle that up and bring it Monday night and just continue to have that type of effort and energy. No, even if the shots aren't falling, he can shoot four for 18 from the floor. But if he has that type of energy, it's not as bad and it doesn't hurt you as much. Yes. So how so how does he find that consistently, though? That becomes I don't have an answer to that. How do you find a consistency of saying I might not be a superstar, but I still can be an effective player on a nightly basis? Based on the fact that I play hard, which is not a lot to ask for. It's not, and I don't have an answer for it. The only person that has an answer for it right now is Andrew Wiggins. All right, let's take a break. Come back from the TCL Broadcast Studios. The Wolves win at Target Center last night, so everything was peachy keen, right? Not exactly. Things got awkward. We'll discuss. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, Highway 10 westbound. Got a vehicle spun out in Arden Hills. That's between 694 and Pryor Avenue. And uh, because of that, traffic is backed up by about seven minutes. So if you're headed westbound on Highway 10 towards the uh, northern portion of the metro, be careful out there, people. Thank you. Mackie and Judd, Phil will join the show at 4 o'clock. Until then, uh, Zolga, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison uh, behind the scenes. Our 1500 ESPN Twitter poll, by the way, yesterday, which got uh, 520 votes, was who deserves to be fired? And your choices were John Filippo, who obviously is the Vikings offensive coordinator, special teams coordinator Mike Prefer, both or neither. Both won the day at 32%. Uh, Filippo and Prefer split at 23%, and neither, somehow 22%. I don't know how you can... Figure that. Uh, also, some breaking news, Danny Cunningham, that we came across. Patrick Corbin has signed a six-year contract, the pitcher from the Diamondbacks with the Washington Nationals for $140 million. The National League East looks fantastic. Uh, yet to hear from the Twins. $140 million sounds nice. 
Six-year term to a pitcher I don't understand. I would be drawing the line in the sand there. I would not do six years. Why not? Well, yeah, sure, it sounds nice, but well, because yeah, I want why do I want to? Because I want to give you as much money as I possibly can if you're a pitcher, uh, but with a shorter term than that. Hmm. I'd like to do. I think. Um, I think I would max out on a pitcher at about five years. So you're really going to quabble over that one year? That, I'd, well, because I prefer to do extra? three. I'd prefer to do three to five. Well, he got six. Good for him, and 140 million dollars. It's life-changing money. So the Mets now have what? Cano. They got Diaz, the closer from Seattle. Mm-hmm. The Phillies are going to go absolutely nuts. They they got Allegedly. Uh, Gene Segura yesterday. They're going to pursue Machado. They might yeah, pursue but they, Harper. They traded Carlos Santana, so they're down the tubes now. Let's move on. This because this Cleveland because this Cleveland BS that you come with. It's not BS. Carlos Santana is a quality ball player. He Derek Wentworth wanted him on the Twins. He is very. You know what though? Guy gets on base. Very, he was gets on a, base. He was a Gold Glove candidate at first base over Joe Mauer in last year in 2017, and that was a joke. No, it was not. He was tremendous well, defensively that year. He and actually he's deserved a, to win it. Okay, first of, all, first of all, you're wrong. But second of all, no, I'm not. You're second 100% of all, wrong. 100% right. This is a guy at the end of the road here, and the Phillies, who were terrible defensively a year ago now, are going to be pretty good. And, the, and they might be absolutely fantastic. So now the Nationals get Corbin, and the Twins are still, uh, still waiting to do something. All right, let's get to this, because last night, now, now I'm going to play back-to-back sound bites, but set this up from your perspective first, because I didn't realize that the Wolves actually had you do this during the course of the game. So set this up for me. Oh, yeah, so uh, during the first quarter, well, well, we knew prior to the game that J.R. Ryder was in attendance at Target Center last night. Last night was a 90s throwback. Night. And it's part of the 30 years of the Wolves, the so they're 30, bringing back yes, a bunch of players. bringing back some legends. Um, of the franchise, and, and they wore the throwback uniforms, which awesome look, I'm totally Tre- tremendous mm-hmm. look. I agree with you on that. Funniest part about that, though, so the throwback nights they wore like the warm up shirts, our throwback ones, like they have the old logo, and they have they have the new pants still, like they have the the warm up pants for the current day mm. uniforms. Mm-hmm. So their shirts are black, and their pants are just navy blue, and it's an atrocious look. <laughs> it's, it looks so bad. But the uniforms and the shorts and what they wear on the court during the game, outstanding. Wish it were their full-time look again. I think it's terrific. Anyways, so J.R. Ryder in attendance. He's introduced to the, the Target Center crowd during the first quarter. He gets a pretty warm ovation, not standing, not as loud as Josh Akogi gets when he stands up and takes off his warm-up jacket, but <laughs> it, it was pretty loud. Yep. So... And then uh, one of the PR guys comes over to us and, and says, you know, he'll be available... And the second quarter sometime, if you guys want to talk to him for a scrum out in the hallway. We're like, okay. Comes back, he goes, it'll be right after the uh, right after the first timeout in the second quarter. First media timeout. Happens at the six-minute mark, or first dead ball added or after. Mm-hmm. So it comes, and we get up, and we go in the hallway, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. And like two or three minutes have gone off of the game clock by now. Like, I'm standing in the tunnel trying to watch the game and what, this is jr by on. the way this is classic jr this was a guy who was late to his own introductory press conference with the wolves so the fact that this would happen it doesn't surprise me it just surprises me that he's a former player now and he's still commanding this type of deal so anyway okay so you're you're out there we're in the hallway okay. in the so after you get done i believe marty gellner on fsn has him on and talks to him. And I'm going to play the soundbite because at home we saw this and thought, this is JR. This is a pretty good guy. JR Ryder, 
who was drafted by the Wolves in 93, played three seasons here. You were introduced to the crowd tonight to a standing ovation. What's it like to be back here at Target Center? That was awesome. It, it feels great to be back. It's an honor and a privilege. I'm so happy to be back. So butterflies and nervousness, but excitement once I got that, uh, that ovation. It brought back memories big time. When you were here, JR, those were some growing years for the franchise, but you were part of the all-rookie team, you were a slam dunk champion. What stands out when you think about your three seasons? Um, it was three seasons, so it wasn't long, but what stands out is that we started out a little rough. And then for me, what stands out is when KG came, I started to get this energy, like we're going to turn it around. When Googs came, you know, we were right there knocking on the door. So that stands out for me in my three years that when KG came, the energy changed. We were on the verge of winning. So, and I put up a lot of numbers here. So, <laughs> now that sounds like a pretty good guy, right? Yeah, I have no problem with anything he said there. And he was a, and uh, most of the time that he played here, he was a first class jerk, but people grow up. So well, I, 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 I mean, heard that. And I tweeted 20, out. Been Quarter century, 25 years. I mean, so, you're, you're not you know, the same guy now that you were 25 years ago. Absolutely. That's yeah. very true. And so I tweeted out, wow, it seems like he's turned a corner. Coaching kids, that's fantastic. Well, then I, I came across this on Twitter, which was what you heard. What do you what do you what do you tell kids these days as and how do you relay some of your experiences to them to try and have them go on the right path? You know what? I'm not here to talk about getting kids on the right path. Well, mentoring or is that what you're doing? Like, yeah. It's like you guys are both talking about something. I know how this works in this town. If you want to talk about anything else, go for it. But I know what you do in this town. Spend bad times, spend bad yeah. experiences. So you guys are both have these questions. Don't ask me those anymore. Still spin it to can, something else. Can you still slam it? Anyone else have questions? Yeah. I remember you. Okay, so that's Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic who asked the majority of those questions. And I believe when J.R. Ryder was playing here, Johnny was spinning bad things in his fourth grade paper. Because I think he was probably in grade school. Maybe in high school? Maybe probably high school. I think. Okay, so if, at, at the very yeah. worst, he was he was writing mean spirited things about Jr. in the Blaine Times. <laughs> and then the follow up question comes from Charlie Walters, who writes a notes column now on Sundays. Who yeah. was here when Jr. was here, but is one of the nicest guys in town. We love Shooter. That's who he said. I remember you. I remember too. you. He didn't say that to Johnny. Right, right. He was talking to Shooter. Mm-hmm. So what's going through your mind watching this? And by the way, we now know he's still a first-class jerk. But you're back here on a 30th anniversary tour, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything's supposed to be like, yeah, I'm working with kids now and it's great. And you talked to Marnie about it. What the hell? I don't understand why he got upset when he got asked about good things that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he's mentoring kids. That's a good thing. That's something you should want to talk about if you're JR. And he did with Marnie. And then... Johnny asked him about it, and he didn't want to talk about it. I was stunned. I, I could not believe it. I, 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 I was at a loss for words, and I wasn't someone that had questions for him. I probably wasn't going to write about anything that came of that unless it was like news-breaking or groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> so I felt like I wasted my time being there, but I, I was walking out of there, and I, I looked at Chris Hine, who covers the team for the Star, the Star Tribune, and I'm like, that got so awkward so quickly. It for was, no reason. Yeah. For what? Like, no one brought up any bad things. And he's just like, I know how you guys work in this town. I'm like, 
we've only asked you about things that you're doing. Well, and you're also, and that you've brought up. Yeah. Like you brought up these things. You brought up that you're mentoring kids. None of us knew that. I'm sorry, but no one's following J.R. Ryder right now. I couldn't have told you what he was doing. I didn't have a clue what J.R. Ryder was up to. Why would I? Why would anyone? But he got mad. Well, and it's just it's the just way. really strange. Okay, it's really strange and uncomfortable, but the, here's the sad. Oh, it was so uncomfortable. Here, here's the sad thing. It's not surprising. Like, that's just him. Yeah. I once, back in the day in the 90s, I freelanced for the Wolves game program, okay? Game program. So, pro timber, you know, I ain't going to go in and write a hard-hitting piece. You're writing for the team. Yes, I'm writing for the team. And so, as part of the deal, when JR was playing here, I was supposed to talk to him. And I want to say the first two or three times that I was post-practice supposed to sit down with him, he blew me off entirely. So, I'm like 25 at the time. I'm just like, it's not going to happen. That's fine. Well, they had me come down like a third or fourth time. I did, and I got him. And he sat with me and talked about his life and was one of the was articulate, struck me as intelligent, thoughtful. And I'm like, this is a really complicated dude. Like this is because this isn't uh this isn't a guy who's just he's weird, but he's not just being a bleep for being a bleep. I don't get it. Yeah. So last night doesn't surprise me, but what shocked me was when you when we play what he said to Marnie and how he loves, you know, butterfly. I mean, if he had told you guys exactly what he said on TV, everyone would have gone away being like, hey, this is great. JR's changed. And that's how he opened up the conversation. Okay, how did he start it? Just like that. Just like that. He was excited to talk about it. And then Johnny asked him a follow-up question about mentoring kids. Of all things to get mad about, a follow-up question about mentoring kids. And that's when the flip, the switch flipped for him, and he became angry. Let's listen to the first part again, because it's just so it becomes so contentious, so unnecessarily, so quickly. Jared, what do you what do you what do you tell kids these days? As and how do you relay some of your experiences to them to try and have them go on the right path? Long pause. You know what? I'm not here to talk about getting kids on the right path. Or mentoring, or is that what you're doing? Like. Yeah. It's like you guys are both talking about something. I know how this works in this town. If you want to talk about anything else, go for it. But I know what you do in this town. Spend bad times, spend bad experiences. So you guys are both have these questions. Don't ask me those anymore. So just one simple thought, okay? Randy Moss has become a pretty likable guy. Randy Moss. Pro Football Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. At one time, a guy I perceived to definitely be a first-class jerk. He's a great player, but he was a jerk. Straight mm-hmm. cash, homie. Yeah. Has turned himself, has decided in his, as he's aging, you know, that act, it's not going to work so well now. I'm going to turn my J.R. Ryder, who never amounted really to a thing, by his own choice, by the way, because he had the skills to do it. Oh, boy, did he ever. Yeah. So we're not talking about a guy who was short on talent. J.R. Ryder remains a first-class jerk. And my only question to him, because he's smart enough to answer, if he elected to answer, is why? Like, what do you gain from doing that? He's writing a book, though. He brought that up to Marnie, too. Brought that up to us. And then we had that another follow-up question got asked about that, and he got mad again. J.R. Ryder, man. Isaiah, some people don't change. Let's come back and let's talk about why this is basically the best day in the life of young Danny Cunningham. It might be a bad day for Buckeyes fans, but it's not for him. We'll talk about that.
Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd, Phil will join the show at 4 o'clock. Until then, it is Zolga, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison. Jonathan, you have two 1500 ESPN Twitter polls of the day. What are they this afternoon? The first one, and you can find both of these on our Twitter page, fifteen hundred at 1500ESPN. First one, how many games would this Wolves team have won in last year's playoff series against the Rockets? 38% think two games they win. 31% think they would win the same amount of games, one. 18% right now think they would have won three games. And 13% think they would have won the series. Now, are we talking for this poll the current Rockets team or the Rockets team from last year? Rockets team from last year. Okay. Hence last year's series. They yeah. won two. Yeah. I agree you with think that. They won two. Yeah. I I agree with two. I think two is feasible. And then the second poll is most unlikable Wolves player in franchise history. Currently blowing away the rest of the field. Jimmy Butler, a little bit of recency bias there. Sixty two percent leads the field there. Twenty two percent Christian Leitner. Nine percent Stefan Mar- Marbury. And 7% J.R. Ryder. I just voted, and I voted very solidly and very confidently for Christian Leitner. (laughs) (laughs) Christian, listen, Butler was a, Butler's a jerk. J.R. was a jerk. Steph was just, I think he was more of a malcontent. But Leitner takes the jerk cake. I remember the, uh, I was still working on the ride with Royce, and and you and Phil were doing the morning show. And you guys had Leitner on. Can you find that? I think it might still, I think it might still be in the system, yeah, where he... (laughs) What was it like? Two minutes he was on with you guys, and yeah. then he ended it with like a promo for, for Buffalo Wild Wings. For Buffalo Wild he joined Wings, us and then hung that. up. Yeah, because Phil, I think Phil, I think the breaking point was Phil finally asked him about the about the when when he looked around the Wolves locker room and said loser, 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 and came to himself and said winner. And I think Phil asked him, and he gave the promo for Buffalo Wild Wings and said thanks a lot, guys. I think I have it right okay, here. Perfect. Stay close to all the action at buffalowildwings.com slash tournament tracker, and all the fans can enjoy March Madness to the fullest. And that, then he hung up, right? That was it. He just read the script. That's amazing. <laughs> to Phil's question, he read the script and hung up. I think, I think he said have, bye, guys. I think he said bye, guys, and just bang. I think you have to be the most hated player in franchise history. If there's a documentary titled Everybody Hates You, you know what? That's a good point. There literally is a 30 for 30 title. Everybody hates Christian Leitner. Yep. There's no way anyone can be more hated than that. No one else has that kind of hate. I just hated him because he wasn't Shaq or Zoe. Because he was one pick after after Zoe in 92. But, but he was a complete jerk. Oh, yeah. Like, totally. he, he, was, totally. he, was, he was a complete... Butler's a jerk, and Butler, and I get that, and so, and I, and it just happens, so it makes sense that people can't stand him now. Uh, Jr. I don't get. He's just he was a he's a weird dude, and it sounds like he stay or he remains a weird dude. Marbury just became a complete malcontent. But Christian Leitner, Christian Leitner was the type of guy. He's he's the guy on this list who, if you were told, all right, there are four guys at the bar, you can go punch one. <laughs> Nothing happens to you. You're not arrested. You can go physically assault one. It's Christian Leitner every time. <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna go punch Butler because but- Butler's like, I'll buy you a drink. I mean, Butler M. Butler's yeah, a like your private jet. Yeah, he'll he's a like he is a jerk, but he's a likable jerk if he needs to be. 
I think Steph, you know, Steph, Steph didn't like Garnett, whatever. I think if Jealous. one of those four guys was Grayson Allen, I think Royce would pick Grayson Allen. I'd still pick Leitner just given my age and the fact that I considered him and my age to be such a... Also, I can't go up and punch somebody that's tough enough to have a tattoo on their head. Stefan Marbury does. Yeah, I wouldn't punch Steph. I'm not punching he, Steph. He's got his logo on the side of his head. I gave him a ride when I was in Cleveland during the finals one year when I was doing stuff for ESPN. You did? I gave him... It was... There's a story here. Tell us a story. In the car, it was me, Mark Stein, and Stefan Marbury. How and did, he, he, yes, I was it snowing? What, like, <laughs> no, I, why did they I, need rides from uh, they were at their hotel, which was about three quarters of a mile from Quicken Loans Arena where the Cavs play? And I picked him and Mark Stein up. And well, I originally went there to pick up Mark Stein, which was also a weird situation because he was like on his way out, like ESPN was getting Adrian Wojnarowski. So, this is last season, this was 2017. Okay, all right, like three weeks, he was gone. And it was just a very awkward situation. So I'm making small talk, and then Stefan Marbury comes up to the car and goes, hey, can I get a ride? <laughs> and, like, Mark Stein rolls on the amazing. window and goes, sure, hop on in. I'm like, what's going on here? And, and like, I turn in the back. It feels like a Seinfeld. And I, I look at him, <laughs> and the first thing I see is the, the t- tattoo on the side of his head of his shoe logo. Because yeah. if you guys remember, he had that the discount shoe line. Starburys, yep, fourteen ninety eight. Also, mm-hmm. Ben Wallace had a shoe just like that too. The Big Ben's, yep. Also, fourteen ninety eight, crappy shoe. Um, but <laughs> and he, you would know. Oh, terrible shoe! Both well, you're a big them. shoe guy, so I, you I would am. know. Oh, well, a shoe release just got announced during the show. I'm very excited about it. Um, <laughs> anyways, but he had a tattoo of his logo on the side of his head. And, and rule number one for me is if someone has a neck tattoo, I'm not going to mess with them. Agreed. Rule number two is if they have a tattoo on their head, they also don't get messed with. And those are life lessons with Danny Cunningham. <laughs> well, thank you, Danny. You're welcome. Steph never struck me as, uh, on this list. He's easily fourth. Don't care. If, you, if you're if you tough enough to have a tattoo on yep. your head, I'm not messing with you. J.R. Ryder, you would not mess with either. Uh, he had a tattoo that was like yeah, he would inching up his collarbone towards not, his neck. You would not mess with Jr. So that's like close, but I I mean it's not my rules. Like I don't I, collarbone tattoos. I can mess with you. It's neck tats. I I don't. I, I think with Jr. Ryder, if you're asking him questions about mentoring kids and he like flips out on you, I that that says enough for me right there. Does he I flip out on the kids? Do we think? I wouldn't trust him. Did hey? So did did Krasinski? Just leave then? No, he like, like, I, like if that. I mean, I, I left, just walked away. I left shortly after the the scrum, but John, like, John's a really good guy. I think, as we all know, yeah, and everyone mm-hmm. likes John, and and they should. He like tried explaining himself to Jr. After he's like, "Hey, I wasn't trying to portray right. you negatively in any sense. Like, I was. Nor trying, does it sound like it. No, and he was. He asked him about a positive thing. I have no idea how that could ever be taken in a negative connotation ever. Yeah, it's that's very bizarre. Speaking of negative, oh, that's the speaking, transition I wanted to make. Speaking of negative, should we do it now, yeah. Manny Hill, or should we break first? Um, you know what? Let's break and okay. give Danny a full extended segment okay. to wrap up the hour. This is this. this is what they call in the business a red letter day for Danny Cunningham. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do on fifteen hundred ESPN. 
Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here. 394 westbound, we've got a stalled vehicle in Golden Valley. That's between Lake Street and Worth Parkway. Uh, look out for that stalled vehicle, and a lane is blocked there. So uh, be on the lookout for that, folks. This is home. This is uh, where I grew up. My, It's not healthy, but I came to work every day with fear of letting people like Archie Griffin and my great state of Ohio, our great state of Ohio, and this incredible university down because this is home. I'm a graduate of Ohio State. We have the best fans in the land, and, and I didn't want to let them down. So in 2014, had that surgery. And then that reoccurred last year. I started dealing with some issues last year. I hired Ryan Day because I thought he was a very good coach. I knew he was. He was with me before. What I found out that he's far, uh, far past those uh, thoughts. He's elite. And I think, you know, uh, in trying to build the most comprehensive no. premier program in America, you also want to hand it off to someone at some point uh, so that it can even get stronger. Breaking news out of Columbus, Ohio. Danny Cunningham's favorite football coach of all time, Urban Meyer, has stepped down to be replaced by an elite head coach. Are you taking it okay? So I woke up this morning, about 7.30-ish, and I looked at my phone. First thing I check in the morning. I think that's a, a common thing for most people here. Mm-hmm. And I scrolled through my notifications and a Bleacher Report one and said, Urban Meyer stepping down as Ohio State head coach. I'm like, oh, this is like Christmas. Now, granted, from Sunday at about 11.32 until right now has kind of been my Super Bowl because Ohio State getting left out in favor of Oklahoma and Notre Dame, the the takes on Twitter and the tears of Ohio State fans those were like steroids for me. Like I, I am telling you, I felt the way I felt Sunday had to be what Barry Bonds felt throughout the entirety of the O2 summer when he hit seventy three home runs. That's Everyone how power, That's that's what they felt like. The tears of Ohio State fans just inject them into my veins, and I swear I can hit a baseball seven hundred feet. How can you have so much hate within your young heart? Oh, it's easy, Judd. It's easy. So when this broke this morning, I couldn't fall back asleep. I was up for another hour, and I wanted to sleep until 10. I was up late last night. The Wolves played. I, I didn't get home till about 1 o'clock. I didn't fall asleep till about 2. You know, I wanted to get some sleep. I knew I had a busy day today. You're like Barney from The Simpsons in that episode where he won, like, a lifetime supply of Duff beer, and he's just like, just inject it into my veins. That's what I want with Ohio State tears. <laughs> oh. Directly into my veins. <laughs> More right. than anything okay, else. Okay, so let's, so let's sort through this first. More excited by the urban news today or when Hugh Jackson was fired in the midst of the Brown season? That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. Because you hate Hugh as well. I so. hate Hugh so much. Um, I'd have to go today because it's a cherry on top of this weekend. Them getting left out, and furthermore, not even getting left out, but having two lost Georgia in front of them and seeing everyone cry about that made it even better. Like, this has been my Super Bowl of college sports fandom that I now have again because I don't cover college sports anymore. This has been my Super Bowl. These past couple days have made me happier as a as a college football fan than any other time in my life. These have been the best three days of college sports fandom I think you ever. need counseling. <laughs> Isn't that what this is? I think you might need some form. No, I mean, yes, this is 
but I, I don't know that, that we would be considered professionals to actually help you out. I think that you might need professional help here. To have this much hate in your heart for Urban Meyer and Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson, I can sort of see in some ways. Just because, but, and Urban, yeah. Urban Meyer's revered because he protected. So Urban Meyer says he's not coaching again, right? That that was the word today. I am going, I'm going to tell you guys right now. Urban liar. I'm going to tell you right now that I am putting, I will be, I'll be willing to put down 20 bucks with any of you or all of you. Urban Meyer will be the next coach of USC. I don't know about USC, but he's going to coach again. Now USC he, makes so much sense. It makes sense, but he also has a son I think he wants to be relatively close to. His son is currently a freshman baseball player at the University of Cincinnati. So I don't think going to California... Is this kid good? Got a scholarship there. I don't know how good he is or, or whatever, I mean, but he's... Out he, west, better baseball country if kid transfers. Yeah, and has to sit out. NCAA is not letting Urban Meyer get away with anything. After all he's done to them, you think the NCAA is going to throw Urban oh, well, Meyer? Oh, you know bone? what? But wait, wait, wait! If Urban Meyer's as evil as you say, go look why at what for they a look- second. Why for a second should I think that this guy is really going to care about his kid that much? Because he he wants to put on that face for the public. He wants to for now, but he's lying according to you. Oh, of course he's so lying. So it's all a lie. He's, so he still has to have something. Okay, like in at Florida, he had a list of felons on his roster. Yeah, but what did he also have? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Tebow. He the the man had Riley Cooper. The man had Aaron he Hernandez. The Pouncey brothers. Janoris Jenkins. I mean, the list goes on oh, and Percy on. Percy Harvin got away with Percy Harvin. Despicable yeah. things. But Urban Meyer sits out 2019, 2020 USC. It makes perfect sense. It's essentially a professional program. It makes sense in theory, but I don't know. I think he's going to want to be within driving distance of his son playing baseball. Yeah, but you're, if, if he didn't have a he, kid playing a college sport, it, it makes sense. But I do think that he he'll want to go to some Cincinnati baseball. But games. if he's as despicable as you say he is, he's going to not care about his kid as much as you're saying he will. What year is this it, kid? His kid just his kid signed a letter of intent in 2017, so he's either a freshman or sophomore at Cincinnati. Well, by 2020, the kid's going to be old news. Truthfully, he'll, he'll probably forget the schedule. Yeah, exactly. The USC job, <laughs> think about the USC job. It makes a ton of sense. I uh, I heard he texted his wife that he was going to resign like eight months ago and forgot about it. That's not nice. He has a brain thing. It's crazy. Brain he did, lesion. It, okay? it, is, it, it is wild. I'm just telling you. Hang I'm on, hang on, hang on. So he, I have another joke. Guy. I have another joke. It's wild that he told his superior about this. The Mackey and Judd show is no place for you to to test out your comedy act, which is failing right now. It it got laughs. Manny laughed. That's the courtesy producer laugh. You chuckle every time I say Urban Liar. Urban Liar's not bad. You chuckle every time. I just I don't understand how you can think that he really cares about his kids so much when when you also say, on the other hand, that he's this this. I mean, maybe he doesn't. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But I just don't see California as being the place where he's got a kid in school at Cincinnati. I will say this. He's a hell of a football coach. No, he's not. He's a hell of a recruiter. I don't think he's a very good football coach. Like, I don't think that this man would go have success well, in the NFL. But he has success. I mean, no, I, I agree with you on that. I, yeah. do, I think he, he's he, a hell of a college football coach. It's yeah. not hard to be 32 a, losses in 17 years. It's not hard to be a, a quote unquote hell of a coach when you've got superior talent to everyone you play. What game other than the Alabama that's, game? That's a huge part of it, though, right? He's a great recruiter. But what game other than the Alabama game back in 20, the year they won the title, right. 2014 or 2015, whatever 
January 1st or December 31st, whatever date that fell on. Outside of that game, what game at Ohio State has he coached where he didn't have the more talented team? Okay, but if you're the Trojans, you'll take him. You'll take that oh, in a second. I, I am not saying that they won't. I mean, they have no standards either. I think that um, he would that's be. A place with no I rules. think he would be a failure in the National Football League. Oh, oh God, yes. yeah. But but you if you no if you go NFL. to USC and you get those kids in by is, by whatever means possible, USC's you're going to win are, football games. They're already getting those kids in. USC's already getting loads of talent. Yeah, but this guy this guy's not that good. This guy's not that good, and Urban Meyer would win there. I don't know. They got Cliff, got, he's they got, got uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury now. now. Cliff Kingsbury is Who will probably be the next coach next I was going to say, if Clay he's Hilton not the next coach, fired. he's gone. Kingsbury, I I am surprised that Kingsbury is going to take that job. I really thought that, that there would be a pro team that would take him in a second, because this is the new thing now. You're an offensive genius, supposedly, from the college mm-hmm. ranks. We'll take you. I'm really surprised that he didn't wait and get a pro job. Is that town big enough for him and Sean McVay? <laughs> I think Sean McVay's a good guy. Oh, sure. But I think I Sean mean, McVay just, would be like, whatever. We're, we're cool. talking about two gorgeous think, men in I LA. I think Kingsbury's a good guy. Yeah, that one I don't know. We're, we're, just, we're talking about two very good looking football coaches in LA that are both single. Oh, you're talking. I'm sorry. I is, thought is you were talking about Urban. You're, you're talking about Sean McVay and Kingsbury. Yes, yes. Not, not Urban. Oh, not Urban Liar, no. Oh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. McVeigh is a good-looking dude. Kings, They're both Kingsbury's Ryan Gosling. They are both team handsome. Kingsbury don't have to worry about the Sean McVeigh's. Sean McVeigh's an okay-looking guy. I don't know, man. In L.A., are you kidding me? Sean McVeigh's a dime a dozen there. Kingsbury. Sean McVeigh's Kingsbury's good a good-looking guy. He he surpasses McVeigh by quite a bit, I think. You think there's a big gap there? Don't you, Manny? Yes, I think there's a massive gap. New Mackey and Judd Pohl, which is a better-looking guy? Yeah. Who's Cliff a better? Kingsbury or Sean McVay? Come on, Manny Hill. You can weigh in. We're all very secure here. Also, King, I, Kingsbury weighs. They're both pretty good-looking guys. I can't wait to just save a photo of Ryan Day, the new head coach at Ohio State, what he looks like today, and at the end of his five-year contract, what he looks like. How gray that hair is going to get Oh, so actually, quick. go back go back and Google Mike Zimmer 2014, hired by Vikings, and look at Zim. Have Brad Childress was the same way, put oh, on a ton yeah. of weight. The Mike oh, McCarthy yeah. ones. Yes. From Mike McCarthy's introductory press conference to his last press conference on Sunday, it is remarkable how different he looks. That job takes, I think if you get a head coaching job and last for any amount of time, three years at least off your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, if not more. Especially in the college ranks. Unless you're Bill Snyder. Bill Snyder list. Then you just go till 80. In I fact... I can't wait till Bill Snyder comes back to coach Kansas State again in like 2023. Put, yeah. put it on, hang on, hang on. Put it on, put it on the poll. Who coaches again sooner, Urban Meyer or Bill Snyder? Before you're done. Go, Pat, go. Your thoughts on the firing of Mike McCarthy since you came to us from Madison, Wisconsin? I mean, more like Joe Fillin, right? Hold on a second. Let me let me do something here. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN.